Stats Insiders, welcome to another episode. Today I have a special guest with me. I have Adam White. He is a serial entrepreneur, actually four-time SaaS founder. He's a father of seven and he is a filmmaker. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. In a couple sentences, in a couple minutes, maybe you could give a little bit more on your background, what people know you for. Yeah, so I've I've been in the internet world since the year 2000, probably is when I first started. So started got into SEO really heavily in, in 2002, and I've just been kind of that's been the the backbone of my entrepreneurial career since then. I've built and sold 17 plus internet businesses in the last 15 years, and uh, love SaaS businesses. This is I you know I currently own two and have founded I guess three others really. So um, that I that I sold all three of those other ones, but yeah, I, I have a big family, got seven kids, like you mentioned, and um, I love to play golf. But in my spare time, I sometimes I make feature films, which you know was always a passion for me to to be a filmmaker, and and I use I use these business exits to take time to go make movies, and then I come back and just go through that process again. Nice, nice. I, I love how diverse your activities are. It doesn't make you just the founder, just of this. You're kind of much more to, to this world. Adam, today we're speaking about multiplying your SaaS through multiple marketing channels, right? To enable scalability. And I know that you, you know a thing or two about this because you've mentioned you've exited quite a few businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there was a story when we had when we chatted with you, how you almost doubled your business using more marketing channels plus some other tactics that we'll probably use for the next episode. Could could you tell this story a little bit in more detail? Yeah, I founded and owned SEO Jet and that it's just a platform to help SEO people, anyone doing SEO to do better link building, right? Because the reality was that and this is why I built this software is because many people didn't know how to do the link building the right way. We're like, what anchor text should I use when I when I build backlinks so that Google likes it, so it looks natural to Google? And so the software basically could give you a roadmap of build all these links to match what other number one ranked pages have, have done to get ranked number one, right? So that was the software. And obviously, because it's in the SEO world, that was... And, and SEO is my background. My main marketing channel was SEO, right? And... and I think that's common for us to do is where, where we will go into our core competency and go, okay, I really understand this avenue very well. So this is where I'm going to focus. And, and SEO is a very common one for that. So it worked well, the business did well, you know, it, it grew and, and it was, it was a good, I was a solopreneur on that and it was a good income, but growth kind of stagnated eventually where I just like, I wasn't growing like I thought it should. And I needed some kind of change, right? And SEO is not predictable. You don't know who's going to search every day, right? You just can't, you can get an idea, but but the reality is you just don't know. And so I didn't like the unpredictable nature of having SEO being basically the only channel that I was relying on for, for traffic and sales. At some point, I'm like, I, I know that the most successful SaaS founders like crush it with Facebook ads, you know, and I've tried it before I've dabbled in it, but I never went all in on it. And, and I just, it was, you just can't succeed like that. If you're just, just, I'll try it out and see if it works. That's not a good strategy. Right. So I was trying to find somebody who could teach me, right. I, I didn't really want to hire a company because I know if hiring a, a PPC management company, what they're going to do is take my money and then give it, give me my account to some person they're paying the least amount of money they can to. And he's going to run my, my campaign. And I didn't want to do that. So I was like, I need to just learn this myself. Like, you know, I don't want to do PPC, but I think I just need to bite the bullet and learn it. And that became the, my strategy. And 
And so I just, I was really trying to find how I could learn it. And then I happened to get an email from a founder who was a very successful founder who I knew he knew Facebook ads really well. I mean, literally as I'm looking, he, he emails me and says, Hey, I'm thinking about teaching a few people how we do Facebook ads. Would you be interested in learning? And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, timing could not have been better. You know, I said, yes. And, and, and he told me what it was going to cost. And frankly, it wasn't cheap. You know, it was, it was an amount that I was like, Oh man, this is painful to have to pay this much money, but, but I know it'll pay off in the end. And so I paid the money and he taught me what he was doing. And, and I started implementing those things. And it was like unbelievable how instantly the, the, the business started growing consistently. It was just a matter of how much money I wanted to put into it and what I would get out of it. Fascinating. SaaS Insiders, I want you to pick up two things here. First of all, that business, Adam was a solopreneur, meaning a solo founder. I, he employed some of the people to help them build the product, to consult him, to mentor him. But there wasn't like a huge team that he was leading internally. And the second thing is, and I think you've, you've really uncovered something important, is sometimes, especially when you're a solo founder, it's not always a great idea to just go hire an expert, especially if you have no idea what, what they will be doing, right? Because you cannot measure the result. I mean, they can say they're an expert, but how exactly do you know they're doing the right job? Just like you said, they, they will probably go, they'll probably delegate it to someone, maybe with the process, but you don't know exactly whether this is the right one, right? So instead you went and actually learned how to do it. And I assume now, if you were to hire an agency, you could easily vet them on, on this thing and actually know whether their, their process is solid. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and that's something I would do, honestly, like I would, because I have two new, new SaaS companies that I run, you know, Facebook ads is a, and, and Google ads is a big part of that. And, and it's, I can very easily go, all right, what is your strategy? What are you doing? How are you, what, what is your process to, to, for us to get new, new sign up, new trials and, and conversions. And I'll be able to tell really quickly if, if they actually know what they're talking about. Right. Because I've now been, I've learned it myself and I've been through that. It doesn't mean I want to do it myself. I still don't want to, and, I, and maybe I will, I don't know, but I'll be able to find somebody really quickly, you know, whether or not they, they're legitimate and know what they're doing. So it saves me a lot of time and, you know, I know I'll get the job done right. That's fascinating. What do you think happens to businesses that don't want to diversify in terms of their marketing channels? Because I know a lot of times, especially virgin founders, the ones who are just starting, they're like, I'm just going to crush one channel. That's it. I'm going to just use that because that's what I want to learn. If I'm using organic, I'm not going to use paid ads. If I'm using paid ads, I'm not going to go into organic traffic. Do you see any limitations, any problems with this approach, with this mindset to it? I think maybe in the beginning, when you're just first starting, that might be okay. That, that might be an okay strategy because I think focusing on one single channel and putting all your effort into that is a good thing, right? Like that's, you can get really good results out of it. For long-term growth, I think it's a mistake because it's not a mistake to have those channels, but but to only focus on one is a mistake. For example, most founders that, that are bootstrapped choose is SEO, right? Because a lot of that you can do on your own without having to put a lot for, put forth a lot of money. So the problem with SEO is one, it's not predictable. You just don't know when you're going to rank, how well you're going to rank, how much traffic's going to come, right? You don't know those things. And, and secondly, Google at, at any time could destroy your business. Like at any time, Google could change what they're doing and all of your rankings could go away and you're done. I used to, one of the websites I sold or was going to sell, we, we had a deal in place to sell it for, I think it was $500,000. Two days before the deal went through, we, we lost all of our rankings. 
And so obviously the deal fell through and we didn't end up selling the business. And it was like, you learn a valuable lesson of, okay, having only that one traffic source is very, very risky, you know, because it's, it can be taken away just at Google's whim. If they decide we want to change everything and, and the way we ranked before is totally different now, and you could lose everything just like that, you know? So that's, there's a little bit of protection from that on the SaaS side, because you have monthly subscribers who they don't want you to in, they're, they're going to keep paying you. And that's, what's great. But in terms of growth, it, it could really hurt you. So that's why, you know, just diversifying that a little bit and maybe start really hard with one and then from there, go to two or three that you're hitting really hard and dial those in. I really like to see how experienced founders like you experience the phrase, on the next level, there is always another devil. And what it means is what you got to, to a specific point, what you were best at that got you here is exactly what's stopping you from going to the next level. The fact that you are super focused and super good at SEO in the beginning, that's exactly what helped you grow initially. But that's exactly what, what stops you from growing further because you're so good at this. You don't diversify. You just keep doing this. And this is why I think like it worked before, like what's going on, right? So this this kind of things. I think that's exactly right. And And, you know, frankly, I've been a victim of that probably more times than I care to admit. So to put it in a bit of a exciting way, how do you double your SaaS through multiple marketing channels? What's the philosophy? What's the strategy? What you should be thinking of at this stage where I mastered one channel is going good, but I think I'm reaching that stagnation. Like what are the steps? How do I identify which one works for me? How do I move forward from there as a founder? Well, I, I think I, for me, I in terms of like, I looked at it in terms of what would make the business the most valuable for me to sell it, right? And because because I think it's it must be my ADHD, but I just I I sell businesses quickly. Like I just don't hold on to them for very long because I probably because I just like I get antsy to start something else. For SEO Jet, it was you know I was like I was ready to sell the thing, but it wasn't. It was when it was stagnating a little bit and growth wasn't great. And so I reached out to a strategic partner, said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about selling this. What is it worth to you right now? And and he came back and basically said, Oh, it's worth about probably half a million dollars. And I'm like, all right, well, that's not nearly enough. I mean, I know this business can be worth more, and I'm not going to sell it until I want to, I want to be a solopreneur and sell it for for a million. Like I want to sell it for at least a million dollars. Like that's that to me, I thought that was a cool goal. You know, I didn't have any employees. I had one contracted developer, one contracted assistant that helped with some just other tasks. But anyways, so that's when I kind of made the decision. All right, if I want to sell for a million dollars and I don't want to run it anymore, I have to quickly scale this thing, right? And and the best way to do that is with predictable growth, right? If I can get, if I can dial in the ads, the paid ads, I know that if I put in, for example, $10 and I get back 30, then I'll just keep going until I've, I'll put in enough money to where I get back enough to where the monthly revenue is at a point where it'll be worth over a million dollars, which really helped to be able to scale it quickly using a new marketing channel, right? This is why like I've just seen the praises of, of paid ads. If you can if you can get that right, you can grow any any SaaS business. It's tough because it's like if you don't have money to start with, it's hard to to kind of get that snowball effect. But if you but if you can just put a little bit of money aside and, and get that process started and dial it in, you know, then your business will grow forever. So Anyways, so that in terms of answering your question, like that's how I approached it, right? Was what will make SEO Jet the most valuable for a potential acquisition and, mm. and getting predictable growth was the answer to that question, which is why I went from SEO only to let's go all in on Facebook ads and have these two channels. And then once we did that, it was the growth. Within six months, the business had more than doubled. And I was like, okay, now I feel like I can sell it for a price that I, I can be happy with. And uh, we did it.
Wonderful. And you said it took you roughly how, many, how much time to actually double it in valuation? Um, well, it was probably about six months in total, but but in reality, it was shorter than that because I had to go through the learning phase of learning Facebook ads, and counting that as part of the six months. And then it was probably only two or three months of really awesome growth that I went back to the strategic partner and said, look at this growth. This can all be yours if you buy it now. You know what I mean? And so it, it was just appealing enough to where they're like, we got to do this. Nice, nice. I, I love how you how you accelerated the business to make it much more appealing because when it's kind of a little bit by little bit growth, it's like, well, it's half a million bucks, right? But you kind of put it up to speed and now, now oh, yeah, that's interesting. That's more potential. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I knew that that would be so appealing to the potential buyer. He was a, tr- a strategic partner, right? So he, the business would have been worth more to him than any other buyer for, there's a variety of reasons that we, if you want to get into, we can, but, but I knew that just showing that growth that he was, that he, it would just like literally make him drool and go, oh, we, I have to have this business before it gets too big where I'm going to have to pay twice as much. Right. So it's just we, like, you don't ever want to sell a business when it's plateaued. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the worst time to sell. You want, you want there to be steady, consistent growth or really good growth to where you can just go, look, this is what the business is doing. You know, it's a great time to acquire. Adam, I, I admire your thinking process on this one in particular, because like as a founder, it's quite natural when we're growing something and then it stops getting too exciting. Like you reach a plateau and like, oh, this is the right time to sell. It's kind of it's kind of natural, right? You want to get rid of the sucker in a way. And uh, that's where people kind of try to sell it for as much as they can. And I know for a fact that most founders, if, if especially if this is their first journey, they would probably agree to whatever strategic partners or investors would tell them because it's like, well, I, I want to get rid of it anyway. Right. So, I mean, it's not funny for me anymore, but what you did is the opposite. You actually went and made it exciting again and then kind of everyone's out of the blue. Everyone's interested. So yeah. Is- and, and I also chose to the one, the one other thing I did was this is all happening during COVID, right? Where, where a lot of companies were scaling back their ad spend because of the COVID lockdowns and stuff and not realizing that the internet world was going to explode during COVID. And so when I knew that my competitors were scaling back, I'm like, now's the time to go all in on this because in, in those situations, when everyone's doing one thing, it's always smart to do the other thing. I just, I've, I've learned that over the years. So I've, you know, had never done ad spend and and went all in on it while everyone else shut it down. And I think that those two things really helped because now I'm not competing against so many other people that are, you know, trying to get the same eyeballs. I think it's Warren Buffett that said, when everyone's greedy, be careful, be cautious. And when everyone's cautious, be greedy in a way that you sh- should go like against the market in a way, because like the global trend is almost never right. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't follow that with cryptocurrency and then I'm way down oh. on that, but you know, you can't win all of them. <laughs> well, I mean, crypto winters, crypto winters are a different yeah. type of fun. We've, yes. we've been speaking to a couple of uh, founders that are currently in, in, in this phase. But I mean, if your idea is valuable, right? If you're providing value, the real value to the marketplace, you, you will survive. It's just crypto winters are more like they just wipe out uh, the average, the, me- the mediocre layer. If you're always at mm-hmm. the top, opportunities will always find you. Yeah, that's true. Like the next question from founders would be like, but what channel should I use? I know it's a tactical question and I'm wondering how would you address this? Because they will be asking, but is it Facebook ads? Is it Google? Is it LinkedIn? What should I use to grow my SaaS business? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like I mentioned before, to me, it was, I chose my core competency, right? Which was SEO and said, I'm going to start with this one. Now, 
I had to do SEO because I was an SEO platform. And if I didn't have good rankings, I would have no credibility. So I didn't really have a choice on that one, even though that was the natural one that I would have picked anyways. And that, so that's where you should start is what advantage do you have? Now, if you don't know what the, all the marketing channels are, there's, there's really good resources out there. Like growth hacker marketing is a good book or traction is another good book that kind of go over all of the marketing channels that, that can be used and that'd be helpful, but you pick the ones that are, you know, you can do well in. And, and if you don't, I didn't have any experience with Facebook ads, but I said, you know what, I'm going to learn this one way or another, even if it costs me thousands and thousands of dollars, I'm going to learn how to do Facebook ads. And so if you're willing to do those things, then pick whatever channel you want. I would say you probably want to test two or three at a time, you know, because you just never know, like every business is different. And for some reason, some businesses just like a certain channel just really resonates well with certain businesses. So you want to pick a couple and see which one's kind of just getting real traction. And then from there, really go all in on it. Love this, love this answer. I think if I were to add to this, it's the answer to which platform is better and why something just takes off for your business isn't really understanding your target audience, like where they live, right? So if, if your mm -hmm. customer avatar, they just they just live on Facebook, I mean, you can, you can do Google ads, you can do LinkedIn ads, you can do TikTok or Instagram. If they're on Facebook, they just won't see them or they will see them, but really not at the same scale. So I, I always recommend... In addition to going what you're good at, also trying to understand your ideal customer profile as, as much as possible to learn where they hang out. Maybe it's YouTube, for example, right? Yeah. You know, if we're talking about SaaS specifically, you know, I think one missed opportunity for most SaaS companies is, you know, there's uh, there's these guys at, uh, at growandconvert.com. They do, they do content marketing for, for, for SaaS companies, but they, but they talk a lot about pain point SEO, right? Which is picking the key phrases of that are that cover the pain points that your software solves, right? What's nice about those is they convert really well, but you can go pay for those right now on Google Ads, right? You don't have to wait to get to do SEO and to rank for those key phrases. You can rank for them immediately by go setting up Google Ads and, and targeting those specific pain point keywords. That I think is, and frankly, since Facebook, since a new iOS update that happened with with uh, Apple and Facebook, you know, it, it's become a little bit trickier to do, to do Facebook ads successfully, right? Like it's you, it's not as easy as it was because you just don't have as much tracking. But I've I've seen some really good results with with Google Ads. Like the my customer acquisition cost with Google Ads is. is pretty dang low, which, you know, I'm thrilled with. So anyways, it's, there's a little insider trick for anybody doing SaaS stuff. If you're, if SEO is your main thing, try rank, try, try doing some Google ads on some of those key phrases and see how they convert. Well, I think like uh, Google ads is almost like a cheat code to Google. So instead of waiting for months to rank, you just pay Google, you just rank automatically right. in a way. It's a paid yeah. option, but it's, it's instant. Right? It's, yeah. it's just instant. Plus the way that they do their, their search results pages now, it's like half half the page is ads, right? So you, so they're conditioning us as users to be okay with paid ads. You know what I mean? They don't like, it's just, there's so many of them. It's like, well, these are my options, I guess. And so you just choose one. So it just, it, I think it's getting more and more effective. And one thing just to clarify for all the listeners, for all the founders, you've mentioned some of the phrases and the pain points that your, your custom avatar is articulating when they explain their problem. How do you get those? How do you know like how exactly your real customers like explain their problem. I mean, you can do customer surveys. One of the smart things I did with SEO Jet was the first hundred people, I did not let them sign up until they had spoken with me and did a demo with me. Even though it was just a monthly software and self-serve, 
I wanted to, to, to get a good feel for who was signing up, what, what was resonating with them, why they thought the software was good, you know, all those things. And so talking to your, talking to your first set of users is, is extremely valuable. But even then, there's just some standard ones, standard key phrases like, you know, best software for blank. You know what I mean? Or best blank software, you know? So like my, my for SEO jet would have been best link building software for, for squid vision, our new, our new one, it's, you know, best heat map software, you know, th that kind of thing where you just, people are like, they're looking for the software. They're ready to buy software. They just want to know which one's the best you get. You start ranking for those terms or get on the list of those terms and where those terms rank. And, and um, you know, that's th those people are at the bottom of the funnel ready to buy. And so you're, you're kind of, you're right there where they when they're ready to make a purchasing decision. Now that that that's a gold nugget here for for everyone's listening. If you want to collect more words, more phrases to use in your ads and your ranking, you can survey people by simply providing like an onboarding call almost or like a demo, right? Before they purchase, they they still need to talk to you about their problem. That can really help you understand your audience much much better. One thing I like with Google Ads is it gives you so much flexibility into play with. Like my favorite trick from the past couple months is if you Google Canva alternative, they have an ads ranking for this keyword and, and it says there is no alternative. Go with Canva in a way. So they kind of <laughs> they kind of retargeting people who are looking for alternative and then kind of sell them on benefits of Canva again. So that's hilarious. I just saw it and it's it's smart. It's it, it's funny, but it's 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 also smart because it, it grabs your attention. Right. It makes you, yeah. it makes you consider it one more time. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good psychological trick too. Cause it's, cause it, you already know who Canva is, you know, that they're good, but maybe you don't like their pricing, but then you've, they just re, you know, they just reconfirm with you that they're the best one. Just do it. I'm about to try that one out. Yep. Yep. It's, it's fun. It's really fun. Adam, if you were to give one most important advice to founders who are looking to diversify their channels, they master they want their one. They're looking to to make the shift to to start getting much more channels. If it's just only one piece of advice for them to remember, what would that be? I would say if you're if okay, so this is there's a caveat caveat here. If you're not using paid ads, go all in on paid ads. Learn it, figure it out, it, because it gives you predictable growth, which is super important for a growing business. But also, just if you want your business to be become really acquirable, that's what you want, right? Is is predictable growth. If you're already doing paid ads, you're looking for another channel, then you need to become a student, right? Like you have to be willing to. I know every founder is busy or or marketing person or whoever's in charge of this, but but you have to become a student and and be willing to to become you know become a master at whatever channel is you want to 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 really pursue. Because if if you don't give it your all, then you're just going to get you just the minimal results and just go, oh, this doesn't work for me or for our company. But but in reality, if learn it the best you possibly can, give it the best effort you can, and then decide if it's working. Got it. Got it. Adam, one of the things I also do on this episodes with founders like you is we also tackle on some of more like personal questions because I want to audience also learn you not all, only as an excellent founder and entrepreneur, but also as a person. Something that are correlated with business, but are more about you as Adam, as a father, as a friend, as a fellow person to, to talk to. What do you think would be the activity that gets you into a flow state 
apart from business? Like what, what makes you disconnect from the current problems and kind of regain peace and get into brainstorming yeah. mode? There's two things. There's, I would say I play a lot of golf, which, you know, I totally am addicted to more than my wife probably wants. And then, and then the other thing is, as when I sell businesses, I'll, like I've done this twice now where I'll, I'll write and direct feature films, right? I've had two that I've done. And so writing to me is, is a super fun thing, a passion thing of mine that I, I love to do. So yeah, those two. And writing specific like scripts for, for feature films. For, yeah. I've, I've written three books too, but, but yes, but it's typically it's, it's scripts for feature films. Yes. Three books. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I, none of them are published. I just, I've written them and now I'm just, I, I finished something and I'm like, ah, let's move on to the next thing. And then I'm like, I should probably but, go back and publish those. But do you have any links to them? Maybe an online version, anything that people can check out? <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything to those. Wait, you can go check out my movies. Just look me up on IMDB, Adam White. You'll see me on there, but. <laughs> well, we're going to work I, on this. We're gonna work I'm, on sad this. To, I'm sad to say that I, had, that I don't have any way for anyone to read my books. You already have three of them. So you've done the yeah. hard part, the, the, yes. the writing of them. <laughs> so yes, we, we I did the hard part. Work. What do you think would be the piece of advice you would give to younger self if, if you were to go back in time, maybe five years ago and say like, hey, Adam, I have five seconds. I want to give you this one piece of advice. You will need it. In terms of entrepreneurship and life, what would you say to younger self to save you much time and, and stress? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I would tell myself is the world is a lot bigger than you think it is. And so you need to think bigger. You know, I think that that's always one of those things that I've, I've always started small and stayed small with my businesses that I've sold, you know, and this last one was the biggest exit I've had. And even then I'm like this, that, it's just not, I need, I need to go bigger than that. Like I need to, I need to, instead of having goals to sell for a million dollars, it needs to be $50 million or a hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? And, and so it's easy now with all of my experience to think of that. But if I could tell myself and ingrain that in my own head 20 years ago, I think things would have turned out totally different. But but now you have this like um, almost like a minimum, right? You already exited the business, so you know that's your that's your barrier. You won't go lower. That that's 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 under you now. Only only four. Yeah. The, the, listen, the next one that I sell will not be. It'll be much much higher. It, it, we're talking fifty x higher. So nice. We're thinking nice. bigger on this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And with the speaking of the current ones that you're working on, what do you see in the current state, or maybe envision in the future, would be the main challenges you will face? with the current businesses, because we're building a community of founders, VCs, people who collaborate on this SaaS movement, and we're always looking for help and always giving away help. So if you were to identify some things you might want to get help on so that people could potentially reach out to you. Yeah. So, so for justreachout.io, which is, that's the platform that lets People do their own PR outreach and all backlink outreach if you're if you're doing it yourself. That one I think is is really just the on user onboarding, you know, getting people using the software so they see the value of it quickly. I think that's that's kind of tricky because PRs, if you're doing like if you're trying to get like actual PR press mentions from the media, those don't come quickly, right? So getting getting to see value in that quickly is hard. So we have other tools that are that you get better results faster, but it's just getting people on board. That's the biggest one on that one. For Squid Vision, we're actually launching that here in a, in a few days. And that was just a matter of, you know, growing the user base. You know what I mean? Like, like this tool, I saw this tool. My friend was head of analytics for a big Fortune 500 company. And he's like, hey, he's like, hey Adam, let me show you this cool thing they have. So he shows me a piece of their analytics platform that this enterprise analytics that, you know, costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, look what they, look, look what they can do. And so he shows me the homepage of, of a web, one of these big websites that you've heard of. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, this is unbelievable. I could literally see exactly how, how much money every single button and link had made that day on their homepage. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. 
what, you know, small businesses will never get this. In fact, they won't even know it exists. And so, and I just, at that point, I'm like, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build a version of this for small businesses that, that we can use, you know, you know, because it's a super awesome way to increase conversions when you're seeing which buttons and links are actually working and driving revenue on your site. Anyways, Squid Vision is, uh, is pretty exciting. We're, we're, that was going to, so, that, that was going to be big. Since you're launching it soon, it'll be really the right time to, for people to learn about this as well. If you were to give like an elevator pitch for Squid Vision, what this is and why people should use it. Maybe you could describe in a couple sentences so people can can. Yeah, yeah. Out. Thank you. I I appreciate it. It's if you're doing content marketing, for example, you'll you'll be able to see on your blog post. It will give you an overlay on your blog post which which like your calls to action when you're trying to get people to sign up for your SaaS if they're actually driving any any trial signups and any revenue. It'll, you'll see exactly which calls to action on the page are working, which ones are not working, which ones you need to tweak on your homepage, like your, your, your main header, is your call to action button working at all? Is it driving signups? Is it driving revenue? Like being able to see all of that and then make tweaks and then do A-B testing, increasing conversion is so much easier because up until now, all we've been able to see is clicks, right? Like all the heat maps only show clicks, but this shows clicks, trial signups, conversions, and revenue for every single button and link on your page. It's with an overlay, just like a heat map has. Anyways, it's pretty awesome stuff. You know, I, super excited about it. So you're saying that just to get this correctly, because it it sounds it sounds too too good to be true. So if there is a link, like, like subscribe for free trial, and they do, and then they convert to a paid member, this is all tracked. So this it'll say that this button contributed to this much revenue because the trial converted into into a paid customer. Yeah, yeah, and it continues to track as they keep paying over month after month after month, you'll be able to go back to that heat map and see exactly how much revenue that button drove you. So it, it tracks trials, conversions, revenue, and clicks all on every single button and link. Oh, wow. And, and we're building out, start, we're building out the way to, we're going to, we're going to actually break it down by referrers, right? So you'll be able to see, and Facebook was, was this much, Google was this much, and you know, direct traffic was this much, email was this much. So you really are going to get to see like what, how well is your marketing working? Where is the revenue coming from? You know, it's pretty sweet. Like I said, I'm super oh, wow. excited about this one. Is, is it going to be easy to integrate for non-tech founders, especially the ones who are listening? Not all of us are techies. Like how easy, what's the entry barrier to, to connect it to my landing page, for example? So so right now we, we connect to Stripe and Shopify. So if you have a Shopify mm -hmm. store or if you have if you use Stripe for payments, those are the two requirements, right? So So all you do is literally copy and paste code, one in your header like you would with Google Analytics, and then one on your conversion page. That's like, this is where when somebody signed up, this is where they end up. And then you connect your Stripe account, you're good to go. And it's it's a pretty simple process. I think we got to talk about this of the show as well, because this is, this is really good. But SaaS Insiders, <laughs> yeah. make sure to check out this Squid Vision because it allows you not only to see clicks, but also the results that they're driving to, to your business. Adam, what do you think would be the biggest contributors to your learning? It can be resources like books, maybe speakers, masterminds, groups, inspiring people. Like where, maybe if you could highlight three, the most like impactful ones for you, what that would look like? Yeah, I, the two books that I really like. There's a lot of business books out there that, and and frankly, like a lot of them don't have. Don't, there's nothing actionable that I can go. I'm going to go do this thing now and make my business better. Two of them that that are actionable that I really like, and there's more than two, but these are the two I'll tell you about is 
building a story brand by Donald Miller. That, that one's because I'm a writer, you know, that, that really resonates with me very, it's very, very useful to sell, to sell better in your content on your website and then play bigger by Al Ramadan. And there's two other authors as well, but, but that one, again, it just, it'll make you think differently, you know, about how to grow and build your business. I really enjoy the, the microconf group. You know, there's, that's a community that's all about bootstrap SaaS founders. They're, uh, they have a Slack group that you can join and you get a lot of value out of that as well. I mean, uh, Rob Walling, who's the founder of MicroConf, he's, he's a multi, many times SaaS founder and, you know, smart guy, and he's got some really good content as well. So I think, I think they're also investing in, in really cool, cool startup, SaaS startups, if they see the value in them. Yes, I was, I was, I was right. talking to, to one of my friends. He, he also got invited to join to join the crew with this. Oh, yeah. I think they're in your neck of the woods too in Minnesota. There, there's one thing that you've mentioned about building a story brand and you as a, as a writer can appreciate it. I know there is a saying that uh, facts tell and stories sell. So I, I, I wanted to know your opinion on this because a lot of founders, they, they, don't, they don't appreciate enough the power of stories. So they're more like, they're just sharing what their product is about and that's about it. So they don't tell their background story and how they came here with a solution. What kind of role stories, storytelling played in your uh, SaaS career? I know in filming, filmmaking career, it's, it's a lot, yeah, yeah. In, in specific in SaaS. Yes. I, what, I'll tell you one thing that I, that I do that's, that, this is one piece of the Facebook ads puzzle that I didn't mention, but because I, because I have that ability to, to write and, and tell stories, got some filmmaking friends and we went and filmed two commercials for, for SEO Jet. And, and the two commercials, like literally in a very funny way, just, just like highlighted the pain points that SEO Jet solves, right? And those were the core Facebook ads that we used to get people to sign up. So, so that was a big part of the success of, of having SEO Jet grow like it did was using my ability to tell stories, to, to engage customers in a funny way, to, to drive home the points of, oh, yeah, this is a pain point and we can fix it for you, you know, but in a humorous way, which makes it memorable. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that was a big part of that. And, and I've already got two new commercials written for Squid Vision that we're getting ready to film. So going to use that same exact strategy because it's, you know, frankly, there's not a lot of SaaS companies doing it. So, so we're, you know, it really helps us stand out. And, uh, you know, it worked last time, so we're going to do it again. Oh, yeah. Commercials are super rare for SaaS. Um, are you familiar with Walnut, SaaS company? No, I'm not. It's, um, I don't, that's the point. I don't even remember what exactly they do, but I, I, I remember them because they did a commercial. They, they did basically like a two-minute video of what if regular purchasing was like SaaS SaaS buying. So a person like gets their shirt wet, like in coffee, they come to buy and the, the person at the counter started asking questions like, what problem does the shirt sell? You know, like what budget do you have for shirts? Human size. And, and this kind of, it, they just, they just played because they made a point that SaaS sales are now a little bit complicated for customers in the way they need to go through all so many hoops and they need to schedule a demo just to try it out or to commit right now. And it's just, they were showing that in in, in their in their commercial, but I that's remember. Interesting. It. I don't yeah, I don't remember what company is doing, but if I see it, I will remember it. And this is this is what. But I you know their name, it. and you know their yes. name, and you remember the commercial. So that's great. Adam, what do you think success means to you personally at this stage of your life? It might be something business related, personal. There's no right answer. It's just curious yeah. to know your your stage. Yeah. So for me, it's I'm at a point in my life where you know it's not about money for me. You know I money's great and money solves a lot of, you know, worldly problems, but 
but in the end, it might like being in complete control of my time is is the most valuable thing to me. Like having the freedom to to do whatever I want, whenever I want is is the ultimate, right? And and you know, I have a family. I have, I have a, a wife and seven kids. I love spending time with them. Love doing things with them, going on vacations and stuff. So so being able to do that, you know, having a good work life balance because I, I love to work too, which is why I keep doing it. Uh, keep building more businesses. It's fun, but I also want to you know make movies sometimes. So again, just being able to do that where I whatever I want to do, I can do like, that's the ultimate for me, right? Like whatever I choose to do that day or, or for a month or for a year, I can choose it. And so that to me is the ultimate success. And then being a good father and husband and, and you know, a good, you know, I'm a, I'm a religious person. So being a good man of God, I guess, is also it. And then probably finally, uh, breaking 80 on the golf course is, is, is how I, I define success with golf. Beautiful said. I heard one quote that says true freedom is not choosing what to do is choosing what not to do. Meaning yeah. that it's not about just being crazy about your time and crazy about your like work-life balance and just lifestyle. It's just about choosing things that you don't want to do anymore. So you can have more time to do things that you love. Yes, that's, that's a great way to put it. Awesome. Awesome. Adam, before we, before we wrap up this episode, what do you think would be the best way for people to know more about you, to get in touch with you, to learn about your businesses, what you're currently doing? We'll be putting links and all kinds of handlers in the description for this episode. So if you could tell us what's the best way for to, to reach out to. Yeah. So, I mean, follow me on Twitter for sure. At real, at real Adam White is my, is my handle. I talk about growing the two SaaS companies and, and other things as well. Love to. I'm, I'm pretty involved with Twitter. So if you're on there, please follow me. Squidvision.com. You know, we, we have a wait list right now for, for beta users, but it's going to be live in, in a, probably one or two weeks. And then justreachout.io is the other is the other platform. So please, uh, you know, and, and frankly, you know, if anybody signs up through this podcast, whatever, just just message me on, on Twitter and be like, hey, I heard your podcast. I'm glad I, I want to try your software and I'll give you a 25% discount on either one of those. So that's super kind. Super kind. Yeah. Adam, I thank you for investing your time with me and sharing your sharing your ideas and really your know-how with with the audience, with the SaaS founders. Any last words, any kind of piece of advice to to wrap up this conversation? Um, I mean, just just keep going. Don't give up on your on your goals. Make make sure that you're solving a real problem. If you, if you have a SaaS company, make sure the problem is legit and people actually it is a real problem. And if you do that, you will make money. SaaS Insiders, it's been Adam White with us on the episode. I'll see you on the next ones. Adam, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much.